0: Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over a hundred countries. Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy.
1: Known by many as the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas attracts tens of millions of visitors annually. A resort city in the Mojave Desert, countless movies, storylines, and intrigue hail from this area. From gangsters to celebrity chefs, entertainment and gambling, Las Vegas is a flashy neon paradise for those looking for 24-hour, endless excitement. Joining us today is Las Vegas local and celebrity page TV personality, James Vaughn. Known for a variety of roles, including being a host and singer for the Chippendales Las Vegas show and Amazing Race Runner Up, James will be giving us the insider secrets to this sin city. Together, we will look at the best Vegas has to offer a variety of travelers, including best hotels, local treats, and a few surprises. Welcome to this episode of Destination Everywhere, Las Vegas.
2: Welcome, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with Todd Ludworth, and we're so excited to have you here with us today as we talk about the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. Flashy. It's known for being flashy and exciting and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, all those great
1: things. I don't think that's true anymore with social media, but they could try it.
2: I mean, we've been there countless times. How many times do you think you've been there?
1: I mean, I really, I couldn't even tell you. I think back, I can remember my very first time in Vegas where I went on one of my dad's conventions and that was just over the top. But then I can remember a couple of bachelor parties. I can remember a lot of work trips. I really couldn't tell you how many times I think I've been there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's such a great place because you do go for business and for pleasure. If you're in business, you know, almost every major trade show makes its way there at one time or another, or it's just planted there forever. So, like I've said, I've been there countless times and it's a great place for entertainment, a great place to take clients, a great place now actually to take your family because there's so many things to do. And we have a really special interview with a local, a local celebrity, but also a national celebrity, James Vaughn, who we're going to be speaking to today. Uh, You might know him from The Amazing Race or the Billboard Awards, but James is going to be telling us and taking us through Las Vegas from a local's perspective and tell us all the great things you can do there, a local and being someone who lives there. And he's lived there for over 10 years.
1: Well, and James, we should also mention was uh, in the Chippendales Las Vegas show. So I think people might find that interesting. Yes, he was a singer and a host. So I'm really looking forward to hear his perspective on you know, kind of the backside of Vegas that, you know, maybe we don't hear about. I, I kind of like the idea of having an entertainer kind of give their story instead of somebody who's always just visiting and then going home. Absolutely.
2: And you know, it's, it's wild, you fly into Vegas and you fly, you're literally flying over um, mountains and then you fly straight over a desert in the middle of a Mojave Desert. And all of a sudden there's this huge city in the middle of nowhere. So it's really awe-inspiring when you're flying in. If you're driving in LA, same thing. It's like a six hour straight shot. And it's nothing but desert. And then this huge city opens up. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to live in this kind of encapsulated world that is its own world and the exciting things you can do, both from a tourist perspective as also a, uh, a local's perspective. So we will be right back with our guest, TV actor and host extraordinaire, James Vaughn. We'll be right back.
0: At AMI, we're passionate about meeting connections that change lives. For over 20 years, we have traveled our clients all over the globe, supporting their business goals and helping them stand apart. From hotel sourcing to audiovisual magic, we'll make your corporate meeting or event second to none. Go to AmericanMeetings.com to learn more. American Meetings, AMI, meeting planning perfected.
1: Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere. Our next guest, I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to meet. I've actually had the pleasure of working with him on a red carpet event. He was my mentor and my trainer for this red carpet event. <laughs> we have James Vaughn. James, thank you so much for joining hey, James. Us. Hey, man, you didn't need any training
3: at all. Yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, I saw some of the takes. <laughs> you takes. Know, you're supposed to see the final product. They edit it together to always make you look good. That's what editors do. That's why we love our editors. And I saw the final product. You looked great.
1: Yeah, thank you. It was fun. It was such a great night. And we learned all kinds of things, but we had a great time and you were a great teacher. So thank you for that. And for those, you know, James, I need to talk a little bit about your backstory, some of the things that you've done, because you've been everywhere. First of all, we'll end with what I think most people might find pretty interesting, but you were on, one the amazing race, which to me as a show, I've watched it many, many seasons. I've, I've watched you on it. And, and one, it was great because you were representing the LGBT community, which was you know, wonderful. And I know that probably helped people out everywhere. And you came in second that season, I think. Oh,
3: I had to rub yeah, it that in. That was great. Just, like, I know. That. We were just on and keep going. <laughs> I know. I know. James, who were you with? Who was your partner? Was it your, your partner? This will get into the whole thing of like how doing an episode on Vegas ties into me. But I actually at the time was hosting the Chippendale show in Vegas and singing in another show called Show in the Sky at the Rio. And when I had the opportunity to do the show, it was very much a, like if you can make a gimmick work, you'll get on the show. So I was like, hmm, Magic Mike is out right now. I host the Chippendale show what if I go on with another Chippendale? So I went with another one of the guys in the Chippendale show who was also named James. Cause like, how could you not cast the guys named James and James that are in Chippendales while Magic Mike is in theaters to go on the amazing race? Yeah, it worked. You guys were very entertained in that. Oh my gosh. I had a blast. I just talked to Phil last week for an interview for my show, Celebrity Page TV. And I was talking about to him, how I don't even, I know I brought up like, Oh, I didn't win, whatever. But like, you don't remember that. Like after that moment is over, you look back, you just see the whole race experience as what it was. And that final moment is is literally like just a pin drop in what the whole experience was. And I just look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got to do this and this and this and this literally all over the world. How do you pack? How do you prepare? I always wonder, like, are they really carrying
1: everything in their backpacks or is their luggage sitting somewhere?
3: Listen, no. And they don't tell you before you go either. Like, Cause you think that too, as a contestant, like, am I going to get surprised and there's right. something, yeah. so they don't tell you what to pack. They tell you what you can't pack. And then they're just like, go for it. I'm like, there's no way they got to have stuff for you. Like, do they a give you like jacket, pounds, like candy? 30 pounds? No. Cause you could do it However you want to run around the world. I wish I'd taken some less pounds though. But anyway, so I was, a, I was a Cub Scout, Weeblow, Boy Scout, all that, which means I packed like one, which came in handy. I made my bag very heavy, but it came in handy because I thought to bring things like obviously all my pants and shorts I did the zip-off thing because I was like, let's pack less. So it could be shorts or pants. I brought a fair pair of shoes, obviously you not know, like underwear and stuff like that. But like again, like not a lot because you know you're gonna wash stuff in between at the hotel, just in the bathtub. And so the thing that really helped me out was I guess I'm allowed to talk about this. It's been years. I packed a whole little like Boy Scout kit that had things like scissors and tweezers and like a pocket knife that didn't have the knife bar because you can't carry that everywhere, you know? And just like, like gauze and like a little mini first aid kit. And like, uh, there were times where like, things, where were we were in Russia on a bridge and James, who I was racing with, and then my really good friend now, I met amazing friends on the race that are still like family to this day. It's so cool. Trey, who was on with his wife, Lexi from Texas. And at the time, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. It's so cute. They got two kids now and everything all grown up. So they both in this challenge they had to get a, thing out of a lock on a bridge in russia and they couldn't get it out i remember and I was like, that i remember that so i got tweezers in my kit and, hang on boys and so like little moments like that where i was so glad i brought my boy scout kit of just the little stuff that you wouldn't think you would need but like I, I thought to do it and then like we had that stuff so if anybody's ever going i always say think about the little stuff you need around the house in a pinch when you're trying to like do a little task sometimes that stuff helps you we had gauze and tape for like if you got like injured duct tape, bags big old thing of duct tape. yeah so we taped our bags together with like medical tape and gauze because our bags ripped, like stuff like that. That's just like the random stuff. And then other than that, obviously, you need the clothes and everything else. But it, I, literally, if we hadn't had tweezers that day, I think those boys would still be in Russia trying to get that glue out. <laughs> None of us would have been able to get it. Right. We started in Pasadena. We repelled down the side of a bridge. From there, we went to, you literally get to the bottom of the bridge and says, find the maglev train in China. You're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, I just rappelled down a bridge in Pasadena. And so we went to Shanghai. From Shanghai, we went to Indonesia for two episodes. From Indonesia, we went to Bangladesh for two episodes. Once you've never been to a third world country, I highly, highly, highly recommend it because you have to realize that there are people out there that are so happy with what they have and it is so much exponentially less than so many of us entitled Americans just take for granted. You really have to go somewhere. Like That's one of the things I'm most thankful the race gave me was was that experience. I saw people on the sides of the street in, in one bedroom, small, tiny, I guess you would almost call them probably like a shack, happy and thrilled that we were there and so kind and so sweet. So... Highly recommend that experience. From there, we went to Russia for two episodes. From Russia, we went to Amsterdam. From Amsterdam, we went to Spain, Barcelona, and Mallorca, Spain. You better know my schedule. And <laughs> then from there, we went to Lower Valley, France, which, oh my gosh, y'all, it's gorgeous. Like like, like, south of France. Ah, it, we, I remember we have the coolest memory ingrained in both of our heads of winning cars for our moms while running through a castle in France. Like, what? It was something out of a fairy tale. And then we went to New York for the final episode, and daggone it, like, where was Gotham Hall? Like, if we had known that, we might have won.
1: (laughs) Right. So how much time do you get to spend in each spot? I mean, you're just you're going to going, But do you get a minute to just look around and kind of absorb like, OK, this is great. You know,
3: our experience was so unique. And again, I'm so grateful for it because I did leave the race with this group of friends, Nadia and Natalie, who were the twins. Natalie went on to go win Survivor because she's amazing. And then Trey and Lexi. And James and myself, we all ended up traveling together and we got kind of ahead. It's really funny. None of us won, but we got kind of ahead everybody else for a while. And so we had a unique experience of being able to say, Hey, you want to take it a little easy right now and maybe enjoy the trek to this next thing. And then we'll get a little more aggressive as we get closer to the end of the episode. And I think they started on the, the, we had a full on alliance. (laughs) We really did. And so you're doing this with camera crews following you the With whole camera time, crew, right? and also yeah. with the camera crew, you're like, guys, that stuff's heavy. Do you want just, us to go slow for a second? Because like, you feel like a jerk running all the time with these <laughs> camera people following you. Like, they're the real stars of Amazing Race, you guys. Uh, yeah. There's a camera person and a sound person that are working their butts off, and we're just like running around like, I'm trying to win a million dollars. So <laughs> uh, it was cool in that we got to have those moments. Like, There's a specific moment that stands out to me in Barcelona where we all went to the beach. We said, you know what, let's just chill for a second, and let's all go to the beach together. And there we were. On the beach, right on the, the Adriatic Ocean. Barcelona, yeah. And it was just so beautiful because it was just a moment of escape. But other than that, no baby, you were racing. You are oh, no, racing. If you stop to enjoy something, that's on you. Because we actually in Indonesia. How many total days? It's about a month. It's about a month. Okay. Yeah. Cause we had actually stopped in Indonesia for a moment because I was like, let's we thought we were getting eliminated. So I was like, let's yeah. just take this detour around these elephants. So like James could see an elephant in Indonesia. And we did that knowing that, like, mm, we're probably getting eliminated today because you don't really stop and sightsee. And then somehow by the grace of God, we, he was like, you're not even close to being eliminated. I was like, where is everybody? <laughs> <I don't understand. laughs> we did a whole scenic tour and we're still not last. <laughs> but, you know, meant to be. It was how it was supposed to be. That's, that's, I mean, weird, that's weird. awesome. So you wonder how I got to Vegas, huh? Yeah. Okay. You're
1: from Virginia originally. and uh, I'm from Virginia.
3: Yeah. And so my background before anything, as far as television goes, is I've always been a singer. And so I've sang in shows all over the world. I've been very fortunate to do that. But at the time, 2005, Hurricane Katrina happened in New Orleans. And I was singing in a show based out of New Orleans. And I actually was going out on a cruise ship with Carnival. And we went out while the hurricane was happening. And we're out trying to literally get around the hurricane. And they're like, can you go on stage or perform? We need to distract people. So <laughs> we are on stage like, Whoa. It's like showgirls, like toppling towards the orchestra pit. <laughs> I'm playing. I do have to give props to Carnival. Because when this all went down, they took excellent, excellent care of us. So I will, to this day, tell everybody. Carnival cruise lines worked for me. Like, it really did. So that happened. We came back to New Orleans. And they were like, there's nowhere to take the ship, obviously. Like everything was, you know, devastation. It was heartbreaking. So they ended up taking the ship to Galveston. Well, my stuff was not in Galveston. My stuff was in New Orleans. You know, that was, that was home base for me. And so we got out there. And then that's when they, FEMA decided they were going to take some ships. And FEMA was going to have these ships and use them for housing people. And one of those was the ship that we had been doing shows on. And so they were like, uh, "What we'll do. I never know what I'm allowed to say or not allowed to say from contracts, but Carnival was so kind. They were like, we know a lot of y'all are struggling right now and you don't know what's going to happen next because you know everything's gone. They paid out our contracts so we could have a startup to go try something else. So what I did couldn't find my car. So I was like, I'll just go to Vegas because all these dancers in my show were from Vegas. So I went to Vegas, thankfully with this startup money Carnival had given us and it was like, I'm just going to try it out. Let me check it out. I'll go for a week, see what it's all about. Second day I was here, there was an audition. It was like the old school days, like 2005. You open up the paper with the audition. It's like Greg Thompson productions searching for next male star on the strip. Now, I knew who Greg Thompson Productions was. I had seen some HBO specials. These people were quintessential, like, late 90s Vegas. I mean, just, like, (laughs) the the glitz and the glamour and the tans and, like, everything. And, like, it's Greg's the producer. He's got this gorgeous wife, Sonny, that's just, like, done up to the gods. And she impersonates Marilyn Monroe all the time. And then his choreographer is named Misting Get. And she's this lady with these like insanely long nails that's danced all over the world. And she's like just a tall statuesque showgirls. I'm like, these people are characters, but like the kind of characters you want when you move to Vegas to do a show, right? But I'd seen them on HBO, so I knew how to play them. Like I knew what they wanted. So I was like, all right, I think I want to be in Vegas for a while. I want to do this. I know they're very much like all about like old school Vegas. Like, you know, like the boys have their shirts off and the girls are in the showgirl, tiny showgirl outfits and everybody's getting weighed in every week and all this. (laughs) <laughs> Yo, I had been like, I was like 22, 23, and I'd been singing in a show every night. It's so like all I had was time to work out. So, like, I looked like all I had was time to work out. So, I went to this audition. They have all the guys come up on stage. We're like 80 some guys. I waited till the very, very end to audition. And I go up and I'm like, I know how to get this job. I've seen these people. I know what they like. It was so out of character for me. I was insanely insecure, but I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm put on my big boy pants. And I go on stage at the very end. All the guys are waiting. I'm the last one. And I was like, so you want me to take off my pants now or after I sing? (laughs) And his wife was like, and he literally, I remember this day, Greg Thompson goes, I sure hope you can sing. (laughs) And so so then I sang, and I sang like, I don't know, like not even like half a song. He like stops me. And it was like literally like a moment, like out of a movie. He's like, all right, boys, go home. I found my star. Like it was like that kind of thing. Which is then funny because he ended up hiring a bunch of guys from that audition, but it was like.
1: So now we'll go into, You know, obviously the Chippendales. How did you get involved in
3: Chippendales? (laughs) (laughs) Knew that was coming.
1: You know, people think about Vegas and, you know, they do. I mean, you know, maybe 20 years ago. I mean, there was, I remember this one show. It was at MGM. I went with my parents and it was one of the top, Jubilee. Do you remember Jubilee?
3: Yeah, Jubilee. That was that. Where's Jubilee? Good Lord, Bowie's.
1: Bally's, thank you. Yeah, it was at Bally's, and that was actually my first time in Vegas. And I'm there with my parents. And you know, I was just like, it just meets all of your expectations. That show, the big headdresses, and everybody's just having a great time. I know, and it's gone now. It's gone now. Yeah. Well, everything's kind of turned into like a Cirque du Soleil, you know. But Chippendales, you know. I mean, bachelorette parties, you know. I mean, they're iconic in Vegas. And and
3: so, how did you kind of roll into that? Listen, I told them no a bunch, a bunch, because I just had this preconceived notion in my head. That it was gonna be just a bunch of guys in the mirror, 24-7, like curling weights looking at themselves. Now, mind you, there's a couple of them, but overall it wasn't that. It was, and I had to actually meet some of the guys to learn that. So at the time, he was the creative director, Kevin Cornell was also like in charge of the tour. And he was like, I really want you to come to Europe with me and sing in the show in Europe. They had seen me like performing at some like charity thing or whatever, and like his girlfriend at the time was like, oh my God, you got to get that guy for Europe. I was like, the last thing I'm trying to do is tour Europe with a bunch of meatheads that are going to be like staring at themselves in the mirror all day. And so then he's like, come hang out with some of us. Come meet some of us. And this is after like many times I had been like, no, except at the time it was the phone that was like, (laughs) slide up, no, slide down. (laughs) So finally I hung out with him and I was like, oh, these guys are actually really cool. And like, they're kind of in on the joke too. Like, cause there's a little bit of a joke to it. They're like, "Haha, we're Chippendales," you know? And they were all in on it and I was like, fine, let me go, you know, tour Europe for three months with these guys. Now in Europe it's different. It's not like, you know, Vegas where like a bunch of bachelorette parties come to like just see guys, you know, trip basically. It's a theater show in Europe. It's thousands of girls and a gorgeous venue. And it's put together much more like theater. Like there's production numbers, not all of them involved. Everyone's taking their clothes off. There's a lot of dancing. I had a full band that I sang with. Like it was a really cool experience. So then I came back, did a bunch more shows throughout Vegas on the strip. And then Chippendales kind of courted me to come do their show at The Rio, which is like their mainstay staple show. And... At the time, I was singing in Show in the Sky at the Rio, so it worked out perfectly because I ended up being able to do both shows at the same time. And I literally would start one show, run to the next show, do part of that show, run back down, finish no, the other show. Really. Like I was doing two shows at one That's time. That's Vegas you it for was, you, right? It was the most insane, coolest thing in the entire world. And then I ended up just like staying because they needed someone to do PR for them like as far as like doing the interviews and stuff like that. And then I just got to be really good friends with a lot of the guys and it just kind of fit. So you did for a number. How many years did you do it? I did. I think, let's see, probably like, probably full-time in Vegas, maybe like four years. Cause it just sort of turns into kind of like a fraternity. We're just going to hang out with your brothers. It's a totally different thing than all the other shows are in Vegas. I've done the, you know, 50, 60, hundred person show with like guys and girls and all that. And that's, My vibe and what I grew up doing, I was always in big production shows, but then to do a show where it's just like a bunch of guys and you're like backstage, just like being guys that goof around the whole time. It's a totally different experience. And I was like, Oh, I really love this. And then I just woke up one day. I was like, what am I doing? I got, know. I got like, I get bored easy. And I was like, I got to do something else now. Like this was fun. I did it. But like, please God, don't let me be that old Chippendale. It's like, I, you know, I used to be hot. Let's bring out the
2: hot guys now. But I you know,
3: so I was like, let me get out while it I It was can. time
2: to move on. It was time to move
3: on. Yeah. And when I decided to jump back into TV and I was very fortunate enough that in Las Vegas, because it is such a community as far as the entertainment industry goes, those television stations here were more than happy to have me come on and guest host shows. And then I ended up starting hosting a weekend show on the Fox affiliate here in Vegas. And that just led to more and more stuff and eventually led me to where I am in TV now, which was what I originally set out to do. Like my degree and everything is in television news. I just knew before I graduated that I didn't even want to do it. I was like, imagine you're 22. And it's like, want to go report on this murder? Or do you want to travel the world singing? Yeah. So where'd you go to college, James?
1: BCU. I was gonna say BCU. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Commonwealth University. Yes, right in Richmond. And now you're doing you're doing Celebrity Page TV, which is the one that I I was with you on. You're doing Access Hollywood, The Talk, The Lorraine Show in the UK. There was a missing one that I. That That was Wendy Williams. Is probably said. Wendy Williams is what I was gonna say. Yes.
2: So besides being on the red carpet with Todd, what is your like most memorable interview that you can remember? Something that kind of blew you
3: away. Oh my gosh, you guys people always ask. They always ask like, "Who are your favorites?" And then I always feel like when I answer it, I feel like I've left someone out, and I hate that I did that. Obviously, Dolly Parton is exactly Oh what you want yeah.
2: To
3: be. Oh my gosh. It's like,, uh, I'm so jealous. If someone said <laughs> --You're going to interview Dolly Parton, and she's going to be exactly Dolly Parton and give you exactly what you want, you'd be like, "Nah, there's no way." Because sometimes people aren't always, you know they're, It's like your aunt is your favorite aunt is giving you a hug while also giving you all the wisdom in the entire world and putting on a show. Like she's just, oh my gosh, she's magical. She really is magical.
1: Uh, um, she's hypnotic for me too. I'm, that, that's a good one. I mean, that's a pinnacle right there. That's yeah. Yeah. Really.
2: Let's circle back to Vegas. So we want to talk you about your direct experiences with Vegas and what makes it so special as a destination and somewhere that you actually live. So, you know, all the great areas like old Vegas, the old strip and things like that, What really stands out to you being a longtime
3: resident there? Yeah, because this is a travel broadcast after all, right? It is. I know, right? Podcasting for the travel. We've covered the celebrity thing. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell I love what I do, right? Like, I love
1: talking about it. No, and we like hearing it, so keep going.
3: Vegas, for me, I think the thing that's really surprising to a lot of people, first off, you always have to remind people, those of us that live in Vegas, we don't live on the Strip. There's a whole suburb area that feels just very normal, like very just suburb that could be anywhere in the world. So there's all that. And for us, the strip, obviously it was a place of employment for a very long time doing shows, but it's really cool that we have this because we literally have something people fly from all over the world to go to just at our disposal to go, we to go to the strip for dinner. We'll go to the strip to see a show. Like who can be like, Uh, you know, I think I want to see a Cirque du Soleil show. And 30 minutes later, they're watching a Cirque du Soleil show. Or who can say, you know, I want to go eat at Giada, which, by the way, is my favorite restaurant here in the entire world. And 30 minutes later, if you had a reservation, you can be down there eating at it. Like, it's, it's a really cool place for that. It's almost like it's just there's a whole
2: backstage world to Vegas. And then you just come up to the front and then you experience it. And then you go back to your
3: regular life, right? There really is. And there's also that same thing with the roads. Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, take those instead of the strip. It'll get you everywhere faster. It's that kind of stuff you got to know, right? Do you have a favorite venue that you've worked in or been to that is really special there? Yeah, people always ask my favorites. My favorite vibe as far as a casino goes is Cosmopolitan. I just like the vibe there. It feels cool, but it doesn't feel like it tried too hard. It just feels cool. And my absolute, absolute, absolute favorite clothing store in the entire world is in there, Stitched. They do all the amazing suits and tuxes and everything you see me wearing on the carpets. It's always Stitched. Wherever the show is, I will fly to Vegas to get them to style me so I can wear it because they have the best stuff. That's a great recommendation. And the most bomb stylist. If you ever go in there, ask for, if you want something a little loudy and flat, loudy? Good Lord, the Virginia's real coming out today. (laughs) If you want something loudy and flashy, if you want something louder and flashier, ask for Ricky. If you want something that's going to be a little more push the boundaries edgy, go to Jessica. She'll put together stuff that you're like, wow, I didn't know that would go together like that. And it's it's. It's at Cosmopolitan. It's called. Todd's actually
2: taking notes, James. So you're. I've sent process- so many people there. Yes. You're costing us a lot of money. I know already. All of a sudden, we're going to be in stitched outfits. Uh, you guys go look
3: at all my red carpet photos. The stuff they have yeah, is you do, amazing. You do always look great. You do
2: yeah. less. And they have gear. different
3: levels of stuff, too, like different tiers of things. So that, you know, you can go really pricey or you can go less pricey. So that there's kind of something for everybody there. I'm obsessed with that place. I love it. So I love Cosmo for that. And then the fact that they have just all the cool little restaurants in there, the hidden pizza, there's a little hidden pizza place that's not so hidden anymore because there's always a line coming out of it now. But the hidden pizza place, all you got to do is. Hey, where's Hidden Pizza? It tastes like New York pizza. I love it. New Yorkers don't come at me. If it doesn't taste like New York pizza to you, it does to me. Um, <laughs> Your
2: version of then, New York pizza.
3: Yeah. And then you ask about like, I'm trying to think of like really my absolute favorite venues. I mean, the venue for O, oh, for Cirque du Soleil at Bellagio is just amazing. And there's a similar one. Well, there was at when that was in the round and that was very cool too. But O oh, is just so massive and magical you really feel like you're in a different world. When and that's
2: you're that really theater. what's special about yeah. Vegas is being able to, you know, kind of go into another world. And they do it so well. They, they do it better than anybody else. And they do it consistently at all the different. They, you are paying money constantly. You just don't know it, right? When you're in Vegas. Even to park. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> probably a lot to park. As a local, you have to probably deal with that a lot. Some of the casinos are backing off on that right now to bring people in. So that's good because it wasn't always that way. When they started charging the park, I was like, I don't know if I want to pay that money to go down and get that meal when I could just go to Chipotle instead. But then you end up still going because it's the Vegas trip.
1: Yeah. What's a, like a, a bucket list item? You know, obviously there's, you know, I always kind of thought Vegas, okay, there's a Vegas that everybody sees. But I kind of picture this as the Miss May or not, May or May not be true, is there's the, the Vegas on the other side of the curtain that nobody gets to see. That is, you know, the high rollers, you know, the huge, huge suites and the access to those bucket list items that nobody else really gets. You heard of uh, or do you recommend anything that like if you could do this, make it happen?
3: I will tell you this because you can go look at it on Instagram. So my friend Kelly and my friend Kelly Osborne and my friend Daniel they're like best friends and they just, they keep coming to Vegas for stuff. And Westgate has been hooking them up with my favorite suite here because it has so much history. And it's so funny, like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have told you this was my favorite suite, but now as I'm getting older, I'm really into stuff that's got history and some story behind it. So it's the old Elvis suite at Westgate when it used to be Hilton, when he performed there. And they've been staying there a couple of times for stuff. And so it's on their Instagrams, go look at it. It's really cool. But they've been going to that. It's the coolest thing. It looks so old school. It's got like such like a sort of Liberace, obviously Elvis vibe. It's just really, really cool. And it's- But they redid it. I don't know if it's redone or just kept up really well because it looks pretty classic. Wow. It's a really cool thing. I really, really like that. And then the thing I always tell people when we are like, what? Get off the Strip and go to our Chinatown here. It's literally right up Spring Mountain. It's a mile from the Strip. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's some amazing food in there.
2: James, how about the old Strip? Like that area, you know, They've totally redone it and, you know, Zappos is down there now. Lots are really cool. Like I, last time I was there, there was a, that big truck food area
3: that you can go and have so all different types of amazing food. What's your experience down there? It, you have to do it. You have to see it because it is truly vintage Vegas at its best. You got to go see the cowboy and the girl kicking her leg and all that. You got to see it. But also they've done so much to build it up down there and add things like Container Park, which you're talking about, I think, where you got the food trucks and stuff. And there's a lot of really great restaurants and things down there, too. And please, please, please do not judge Vegas off the random tweet somebody puts up, you know, every once in a while, like, like a fight happened here or a fight happened there. Like you can find any microcosm of something going on anywhere, you know, it's not that it's an experience and half the fun of going down to Fremont street, the old Vegas is a lot of the characters and the people that that's their Vegas. And that's where they go because they've been going there for years. And it's, it's just sort of like a step back in time that now they've been updating and making better so people that don't want to just go back in time also have some cool flashy stuff to go to.
1: What about outside of, you know, the city limits? I mean, Vegas is in the desert and, and, you know, there's the Grand Canyon, the helicopter tours. Have you experienced a lot of that right outside the city?
3: So, you know, it's crazy. I lived here forever and never went. And then for my birthday two years ago, uh, my boyfriend Jonathan took me on a helicopter tour through the Grand Canyon. I'd never done it. And it was literally right before I had to go do the carpet for the ACMs. So I literally like got back from the helicopter ride. I like jumped out, went through hair and makeup, threw on my outfit from Stitch and jumped on the carpet. But it was, I'm not a person that's like, you know, throw me in this helicopter. It feels kind of like I'm just dangling from a like a ceiling fan. So I was a little like freaked out about it. But once I got in there, I was like, this is freaking cool. Like, I can't imagine seeing the Grand Canyon any other way. Like, obviously, you know, it'd be cool to rappel down and all that. But to just be down in there looking at everything and being so up close to stuff and and being able to get in and out very quickly, it was just a really, really, really cool experience. So I, I recommend that. But if you want a more affordable alternative, Red Rock. So there's a whole Red Rock National Park that 30 minutes from the Strip and you are there. And there's so many different trails and places to hike. It's gorgeous. We go there all the time just to go and like get some air in the morning and like just say, have a meditation. It's, it's, oh my gosh, you guys, it's stunning. And there's like, I think it's like a 13 mile drive through it. And anywhere on that drive through, you can just jump out. You can jump out. And, but I will tell you this, all right, when you're driving there, some people try to be like, you know, I ain't going to pay that couple of dollars to go through there. I'm going to park on the side of the road because I can see those mountains. Let me just go to those. Y'all, it's deceiving. If you try to jump out early, listen, if you're down for a long walk, go for it. If you're trying to save a dollar, go for it. But you start walking, and then two hours later, you're like, the mountain is not any closer. What is going on? It's the wildest thing, like the illusion of these mountains that look like they're so close, and they're not. So if you just go into Red Rock proper, Pay to you, park. You, you can park and get right into these trails. Guys, it's literally like a different world. It's so beautiful. It almost
2: looks like Mars. I've been. It, it's really, yeah. like. Really... But it's so stark and so beautiful and so different. Wait, you've from- been to Mars or Red Rock? Uh, yes. But <laughs> but you know, what's amazing that you know, 30 minutes before you're in this huge, gorgeous lobby, and then you, you come out here and you're in the middle of nowhere. It really is a great way to experience both sides of Vegas.
3: That's a really cool thing about
1: Vegas, right? So what about food? I mean, obviously there's food, there's I mean, you could pay through the moon for food, or you could just go find a great local stop somewhere. What are some places you might recommend in terms of getting a good bite?
3: There's also a sushi place that I love called Oishi that's on the west side of town, O-Y-S-H-I. They have a really good all-you-can-eat sushi. It's a local spot. So when you go, you're going to see a lot of locals. Yeah, um, that's a place I really recommend. I said a little earlier in this, Giada is my absolute favorite. There's a, a lemon pasta there. Our daughter would love that. And I'm not just saying this because like Giada made me some special dishes when I interviewed (laughs) her. But you guys, like I'll go there every chance I get. People are like, oh, we're coming to Vegas. You know, do you want to get dinner? I'm like, "A Giada, that's where I'll go. It's like everything is just, like the girl knows what she's doing. Like she knows how to cook, but get, get the lemon is it a lemon spaghetti? It's a lemon something. It's a lemon. You'll see it. It's lemon pasta. It's a flavor. Like I've never had. It's absolutely amazing. Get one to eat there. Get one to go put it in your pocketbook, <laughs> your briefcase, whatever. Like you'll want it later. Trust me. It's so good. That's my spot. You got to go to on the strip for sure. And then shows what's
1: a must see show. Obviously they have the acts that kind of come in They're home based there for you know, a significant period
3: of time. What's been your favorite show that you've seen? Weird, so I could break it down for you by show. So if you want to just go see a show that you're like, oh my gosh, like that was wild. What did I see? But it was so cool. And I laughed and was entertained and was shocked and surprised and impressed by talent the whole time. You got to go see Absent. That is hands down. It's out front of Caesars in a tent. And it's just that the talent is insane. The hosts are insane. Like everyone's just, it's, it's a variety show, but it's done. It's very tongue in cheek. It's, oh my gosh, it's amazing. You won't be disappointed that you saw it.
1: What is it, like a Moulin Rouge kind of thing? Is it
3: uh, like a circus Moulin Rouge? I, I like mean, if the circus took absinthe or drank absinthe, absinthe to drink. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. a trippy experience? Yeah, it's just, and nothing's off limits. Like it's, it's really just cool. And the acts are changing every once in a while too. So it's just, it's a really cool way to do a variety show. If you want that, oh my God show, like that's definitely, oh, as I mentioned earlier, that's the show that she's going to make you go, wow. If you want the classic Vegas girl topless show experience, you got to go see Fantasy at Luxor. The lead singer in it, Lorena, we both sang on Carnival Cruise Lines way back in the day and she's the singer there. And oh my gosh, her voice, she's amazing. She's a very great entertainer, but it's just that classic Vegas topless girl show. It really is. Like you just go see and you're like, this is what I wanted to see. And this genre, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. It's that kind of thing. Unfortunately, there's not really like that big glitzy Vegas show anymore. There's Vegas, the show. It's a smaller scale. Vegas, the show is a smaller scale. There's very, very talented people in there. A lot of my friends dance and sing in that, but there's not the big giant spectacle like, like Jubilee was. There really isn't. And then as far as like, you know, the mail review shows go, um, obviously you got to go see Chip and see my friends, but every single one of those is different. Like Chippendales is what it is and it's classic and it's a mainstay and you got to go just because you got to see it because it's Chippendales to get a picture with the guys. But then Thunder from Down Under is so Australian, it really is, that you got to go because it's a different experience. And then Magic Mike, which I believe is coming back, I don't know if they've disclosed the location, I think they've talked about like Sahara or possibly else, I could be getting this so wrong. But if you ever want to know the real facts on stuff, there's a podcast called, what is the podcast, Vegas Revealed. Vegas Revealed has tons of stuff. Dana Roselli and Sean McAllister, two friends of mine that both used to work in television news here, very connected in Vegas. They always have different guests on every week and they can tell you exactly what's going on. Like Dana's my go-to. If I need to know anything about Vegas, I text her and I know she always has the answer. Always. And like right right back like that with it. So check that out for sure. But they would probably know too. But anyway, Magic Mike is supposedly coming back. Magic Mike is a totally different experience from Chippendales or Thunder or any of the other male review shows because these boys are just dancing like it's, it's yes they're like they're good looking and look great with their clothes off but like like it's the dancing is like it's like so you think you can dance plus plus i mean it's a totally different experience so you, you got to kind of see them all because they're all different experiences right the same over the circ shows though as well like i'd say oh is oh my god and amazing but like you don't leave a circ show and go oh i wish i hadn't seen that you always go wow I, that was so different than the other one that's crazy because you're always transported to a different world
1: well wow. honestly uh, james sit here and talk to you forever but unfortunately we're running out of time, but I mean, we'd love to have you back sometime if you're into it. You've got a lot of experience with different cities, but you know, it's Vegas is amazing. We look forward to seeing some great things coming from you. The next time you come, I'll show you around. Absolutely. If people want to follow you,
3: where can they go? Where can they check you out and see what you're? You up can to? just follow all my social media. It's at James V. Low, at symbol and then J A Y M E S V. So I'm mostly active on Instagram. I don't really play on Facebook anymore because it's just a lot of, you know, the older people in my life complaining, younger people in my life complaining too. (laughs) Every time I turn on somebody's on a new conspiracy theory, and I'm like, I just want to see photos of your cats. Yeah, that's all you want. What you ate yesterday. Yeah. I remember I used to be like, man, this person's posting a photo of their food again. Now I'm like, please post a photo of your food. Like, please. (laughs) I don't know anybody who's ever had their opinion changed from a Facebook post. So just recommend where I should be eating. So yeah, so but Instagram, I'm really active on. Awesome. So James, we asked each one of our guests our rapid fire questions to wrap everything up. And there
2: are five questions because you've traveled the world, you know, Vegas, you've seen all these great places all around the world, especially with being on the amazing race. So these are the five questions. So our followers can learn from you what the best things to do when you travel. So you ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. So have you ever completed anything on your, well, you've already talked about this, but have you ever completed anything on your bucket list? If so, what was it? And I know you've got more than one. So give us a good
3: Y'all, there was a thing on my bucket list that was going to be there, and that's where it was going to live, and that's where it was going to to die, and I didn't care. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not bungee jumping. There's no reason for me to fall (laughs) out of anything. Like, why? why? I feel the same way about that. No parachuting. (laughs) And then Amazing Race happened. And the final episode, they were like, "Listen, you're gonna to need to escape from this straitjacket, upside down, hanging from a crane. I remember uh, that. that was, one. Like 13, <laughs> 18 floors up, and you need to do this, and then just bungee." And I'm like, uh, "Okay," <laughs> but in the moment, your adrenaline is going like crazy. And I couldn't have even told you if I had removed my bungee cord thing to drop or my straight jacket or what, like, I was just like, things were coming off. I was like, it's CBS. There's no way they're going to let me die. So I'm just pulling it all off. It'll be fine. (laughs) And then you go. And it's that whole moment of like, is this it? Is this where I go? Is this how I die? Oh my gosh. And like everything flashes and then the bounce happens and you go, Whoa. Oh my gosh. And then you have this moment of I did something that was on my bucket list that I thought I'd never do. Now, get me down because I'm trying to win a race, but this is really cool. So thank you to Amazing Race for making me do that because I would have never, ever, ever done. It. I never will again either. That's yeah. <laughs> But thank you for making me do that.
2: That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> All right,
3: next question. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Oh my gosh, you guys, the beach is in Thailand. Like I've been to Thailand a bunch. I love Thailand. Chiang Mai is so gorgeous. It's Northern Thailand and totally off topic, but it's just literally like, so many untouched beautiful places to see and the people are just always so sweet but the beaches in thailand y'all if i could just live on a beach in a little hut and just like hang out like do a little show on zoom like that like, <laughs> it would be great i would with totally the same backdrop with the same back just take that yeah I just backdrop. pack this pack this backdrop up yeah. with me take it to thailand nobody will know
2: <laughs> all right next question if you could travel with someone infamous or famous who would it be
3: dead or alive I know. And, I, and you, I, you guys prepped me with this. And I really thought about it because I'm like, who would it be? And I don't know if it's a specific person or if it's just an era and a place I would like to be. I'd really like to be in ancient Egypt. I'm just so fascinated by the culture and the people and obviously just the fanfare and, and, and the pyramids and, and everything. It's just so cool to me. I would love to see how it was all done. I have so many questions for them. So I would not that, I you know, I, I want to like. So maybe you would like to travel with King Tut. Yeah. Well, King Tut was a kid. like. Yeah.
1: King Tut was a kid. I mean, go Cleopatra. Somewhere there.
3: I mean, yeah, because it's tough because you look back at stuff, especially now as we get, you know, more and more educated and aware of things. I look back at people I would have maybe liked to have explored with, but like if I explored with them, I think I would have wanted to say, hey, explore, but don't conquer. Explore, but learn to be a part of, learn to appreciate, learn to be together, not take. That's what I would like to do because there's a lot of people that did cool things, but I find myself looking back at history a lot of times now and being like. Oh, that could have gone different. Oh, people could have been more human in that moment and things might look different in the world right now. And, and we could all be sharing in so many amazing different cultural experiences instead of people being like, take, 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 take. So Lewis and Clark, let's go see it, but be nice. I like it, you know, I'll be nice. I like it.
2: So when packing for a trip, what is something you pack that might
3: surprise our listeners? Well, I know I just talked about like bougie clothes and going to Stitch and looking nice for red carpets, but y'all, all I pack is gym shorts. And t-shirts and tank tops. Like I'll bring like a nice outfit or two if I think I'm going to need it. But honestly, the older I get too, like I just live in gym clothes. I used to be that person. That I'd be like, why is that person wearing that? Why are they wearing that? And now I'm like, oh, I get it. It's all about comfort at this point. So honestly, at any given point in time, you open my suitcase, and just a whole bunch of gym clothes are going to fall out. And I'm
2: starting to wear my Jack Weldon pants. But not pants. for the gym.
3: Like my Jack Weldon pants, like out to dinner. I'm like, I need to stop that. Those are hang out in bed pants. Listen, it's all about from the waist up when you're at dinner. Yeah, that's all. It's just like a, just like a, zoom, just like a just zoom, like a zoom meeting. Exactly. Once you get in that restaurant and you're sitting down, all they see is this. So. Yeah. All right, and
2: finally, since we're talking about Vegas, what is your most memorable experience in your time in Las Vegas?
3: Honestly, my most memorable experience in Las Vegas has to probably be the first opening night of my first show here, which was Bareback, because. I never had any intention of ever coming to Vegas. I never thought I would be able to make it in Vegas doing a show. And it all happened for me the, 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 as soon as I got here, which was like the wildest experience. And I remember opening night of Bearback, this big country show. There's a bunch of Big and Rich songs in it. And I look out in the audience and Big and Rich are watching the show. Like it was just like so crazy <laughs> to me. That I had just been wondering what I was going to do after this hurricane. I had no clue how I was going like to pick up my life. And obviously, I was very fortunate in that event that like I, I didn't lose a home or loved ones. But I still was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And somehow everything in Vegas just, i rolled the dice, you know, and it just, it worked out for me. And in that moment of being there, like I'm on the stage and like the music's going and the lights are going and like the first song hits and I just look out and I'm like, holy cow, yo, I'm in Vegas. If you told 10 year old me, I was gonna be doing a show in Vegas. Like I'd be like, nah, like, this is cool. And so that just, of all the shows I've opened here, there's always been a lot of really cool openings, but like, that's the one, cause it was the first one. It just sticks out as like a, holy cow, I'm doing it. That's, That's great. fantastic. Well, James, thanks
2: so much. It was great talking of to you course. today and getting all these great ideas about Vegas. I mean, talking to a local, thank you for all those great tips. Welcome back everyone to Destination Everywhere. <laughs> Isn't James just, he's just a joy to talk to and has so much knowledge about the city.
1: We could have gone on to, you know, he's just one of those people that, you know, you just feel like, you know, him. he's just so, so much easy, energy, so pleasant, so easy to talk to. And he's got some amazing stories, you know, there's Vegas. And then, you know, what he does, you know, for a career in terms of hosting and doing things for the, the music awards and all that. I just bet it just adds up. I'd like to pick his brain sometimes if I doubt how yeah. these people really act when the camera's not on them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And he did tell us about some of his favorite places. But right now we're going to talk about some of our top bucket list hotels activities as well as shows that we've been to over the years uh, to give you guys a little bit more information around what you can do in Vegas. So let's start with hotels and just there's so many different choices. Right Todd from the old strip where they've redone all these old hotels and made them really really nice but but more affordable and then you have what's on the strip and that's pretty much what everyone knows and
1: but there's the strip and then there's just off the strip. Yeah, there's those that are absolutely. like one or two blocks off the strip. That might make it a little easier to get around, you know, because you're just coming in on the side when you want to go to the strip. But they're all connected in some way, you know. They have the walkways over the streets, you know. But going from one hotel, you know, we've done several several meetings out there. I mean, a lot of meetings, and it's one of those places where if you forgot something in your room, you just kind of like you're like, oh my gosh, you know. It took me an hour to get here, you know. <laughs> and if you forget something, you got to go all the way back. But um, let's talk about some of those properties because there's yeah. some really great ones. Yeah,
2: let, let's start with uh, the Caesars Palace, which is actually one of the first ones I ever went. It's a very established hotel, but they just went through a huge renovation and added a huge conference center as well. So it, it's definitely a place to go to see the grandeur, and it's got a great shopping and restaurants and a mall that's connected to it. I've always enjoyed staying at the Caesar.
1: Yeah, you know, the Caesar Forum, the mall that's connected to it is great because you walk into that, it's got some amazing shops, but then they also, there's this big fountain structure that does a show. And it does, uh, it does the show, You know, I think it's every hour or something like that, but it's like about, I think it's Zeus or Greek gods or whatever it is, but it's really entertaining. And then also in Caesars though, is the Nobu Hotel. Yeah. Hotel within a hotel. It's a hotel within a hotel. And we've stayed there. That's great. And also, I think it's Mandalay Bay where the top floors of the Mandalay Bay are actually the Four Seasons. And they have a separate entrance, and then you go right up to the top if you're staying at that one. But the one I just remember when it opened up, it got so much hype, and it still does is the Bellagio. You know, the Bellagio, it's uh, it kind of broke the mold for a strip hotel in terms of it. It was opulent, it was elegant. The artwork. You know, and it's still just a popular casino, but the two shows there are some of the best in Vegas. You know, the the free show out of the water fountains, the fountain show, and then of course, oh, you know, the water show for Cirque du Soleil, which is amazing. So I just think that's a great property.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite. It's not as flashy, but the Win Las Vegas is like they just spared no expense in the quality of the property, and it actually attracts some of the biggest spenders because of that, because it's just done really nice. And really classy. So if you want something that's not as necessarily big, but really, really high quality, definitely look at the Win Las Vegas.
1: Well, the Wynn, and then it also has, and I think this kind of developed through the divorce of of Steve Wynn was the Encore Hotel. Uh-huh. Yep. And they're both similar. They share some walkways. They're right next to each other, but they're both just great properties. And I think those really those kind of set off another level for nightlife with properties. They have tons of young contemporary adult, you know, bars and restaurants and venues. Every time I've gone, I just see groups of people in their 20s just having a great time.
2: Yeah. And finally, why don't we put this on here? I say the last time I was in Vegas, I stayed here is the Vidara. mean, um, it's the only hotel to be both non-smoking and non-gaming. So if you're not a big casino person and they have re- these really nice suites, I think every room is almost a suite. There's no smoking, no gambling, but it's right next near the convention center. But also you can obviously go to all the different casinos that are around it. So it's a great way to be in Vegas without feeling like you're in a casino. And uh, Nobu's a little bit like that too, but I think the Vidara actually has a one-up when it comes to the not feeling like you're in Vegas. So definitely put that on your list if you're considering... Uh, going that direction,
1: yeah, and you know what I've noticed, there are some properties, I, you know, and I don't know, it's kind of a, a luck of the draw. I've gotten hotel rooms in some properties that are absolutely monstrous, and then I've gotten hotel rooms in some properties, and it might have even been at the same one at another time where you're just kind of getting a regular hotel room. So, you know, I would say if you're in Vegas ask for an upgrade, you know, why Absolutely. not? You know, Absolutely. They, they've got the rooms, they've got the space, but if you get one of these upgraded rooms, it is, you know, amazing. Everything is hardwired in the shades, the lights, you're just pushing buttons and everything's going.
2: That's an absolute great suggestion. Another suggestion is to make sure you get on the rewards program before you show up and then present your card and ask for the upgrade ahead of time. That's a great suggestion and something that can enhance your experience when you're in Vegas because. They want you there. They want you near the casino. They want you spending money in the casino. And that's a lot of the ways where they make their money and they can provide the upgrades because of that. So let's talk a little bit about best shows. So and great shows there, there's so many of them and there's everything from, I remember we took a client to a small hypnosis oh, <laughs> show yeah. that was like yeah. classically funny and just so kitschy, but it was hilarious. We all had a great time. To the largest, you know, Cirque shows there that can, can blow the mind. To all the great entertainers that have been there. I've seen Dolly Parton. I've seen Cher. I've seen Smash Mouth. I've seen so many different types of entertainment there. It really runs the gamut.
1: You know, obviously Cirque du Soleil, you know, the based out of Montreal, all of the acrobats, they've got numerous shows. They've got uh, Zumanity. You know, I don't even know if that one's still running. But the first show I ever saw for Cirque was Mystere. And I just remember just being so mesmerized. And, and I don't remember how many shows there were at the time, but absolutely any Cirque show is phenomenal. Go see them if you haven't, but most people I think have. La Rive is another one. But also there are some, you know, and we didn't even mention yet the show, the Chippendale show. And then there's also the Thunder Down Under, which is the Australian version, the mail review, kind of the same thing.
2: And we talked a little bit with James about the kind of the classic shows with the the big feathers. And you can definitely get those on the old strip. And, and they, they're done really, really nice. And, you know, if you want to uh, feel a little nostalgic, try one of those. Another one is the Purple Rain tribute show for Prince at the Tropicana really really done well and very
1: entertaining especially if you're from the 80s like me yeah and there's a michael jackson tribute show as well the beatles love I, you know and i, I most of these i'm saying and they're all still circ shows but if we want to go see something that's not circ you know james actually spoke about that one Absinthe, and i have not been to that But I'm definitely going to go check it out next time I'm in Vegas. It sounds really cool. Just like a completely immersive experience. And, uh, you know, you feel like you're kind of in the middle of it from what it sounds like.
2: Yeah. So the hotels are an experience with of themselves. The shows are an experience with of themselves. Now, let's just talk about just a few activities to wrap this up um, that you can do in Vegas. Again, there's so much to do from we talked with James actually about going outside the city to see the Hoover Dam or the Grand Canyon or Red Rock. But there's also... Inside the city, there's so many activities. We we took clients for a sales incentive program to Top Golf. They have a huge, brand new Top Golf center there that is really, really one of the nicest ones in the country. Todd, what are some of the other activities that you've
1: done there that you've really enjoyed? Well, you know, there's the high roller, which is that huge Ferris wheel, and you know, you get drinks on it. It's a lot of fun. I think it's an hour all the way around, but the views are incredible. It goes quite high. You've got the old strip, obviously, you know, and if you go to Vegas and you don't just go pay tribute to the old strip and kind of go see what's down there, you know, the gold nugget, but, you know, they've enclosed it in and uh, they've got the zip line going across the, the top canopy. Uh, you know, it's just a, a different experience. It's a fun experience, but uh, I had a great time down there. Uh, the old strip is a lot of fun.
2: It is. There's uh, an area called the Container Park there, which is outdoor shopping malls and it's an entertainment complex. And it's uh, also lots and lots of food, lots of food trucks. So it's a really, really unique area and something that you should do and it's just a totally different feel from what you consider the regular Strip to be. So make sure you make it to the Old Strip and go to all these areas. There's an activity that is outside the city called the Rise Festival, which is the largest lantern release. This sounds just magical. About 25 miles outside the city, they're simultaneously released in the desert. So if you want something... Really, really special with a breathtaking view. Definitely try that.
1: There's also the, you could do actually an aerial fitness class with uh, Cirque du Soleil performers at Shine Alternative Fitness. And that actually sounds really cool. You're probably working with the silks or something like that and ropes, but that actually sounds like a great experience, you know, to go see some of these guys give you a class. That'd be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. And then also something that's off the beaten track and actually James mentioned this as well as Chinatown. Which you don't think Las Vegas that it has a Chinatown like San Francisco or DC, but it does, and really, really great food. So if you want something authentic and local, definitely hit uh, Chinatown.
1: And here's another one: if you do have the need for speed, exotic racing—it's the world's largest supercar driving experience. So you could definitely go as fast as you want uh, by choosing from fifty exotic cars, and you just put them to the test on the fastest tracks. So. And you could drive with racing professionals, but it just seems like it would be pretty cool to do. If you're one of those speed demons, you got to check it out. Yeah. I mean, we've done
2: so many things over the years in Vegas. There's so much to do. There's a neon museum dedicated to the old neon signs and marquees. Great for personal photo shots and ego bait there. So if you, if you, something that you really want to get that old feel of Vegas, the neon museum, is a great place. You can also rent it out as well for private functions as well.
1: You know, I do have to add one because we did do a program once and we ended up at the stratosphere and at the top of the stratosphere <laughs> yeah. is obviously, you know, if you haven't, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen it from the strip, but to go up there and do those rides that are on the very top of the stratosphere, if you have any kind of vertigo, fear of heights or anything like that, it is not for you. Get but if over you want, it. <laughs> if you want to challenge those fears, go up. There's a a little roller coaster. There's the drop thing that takes you up and then just drops you real quick. But when you're up top, the views of the strip are just absolutely amazing. And if you do kind of get that nerve to go on one of those rides, just go do it. It's definitely be something that you'll remember forever.
2: Yeah. Now I know we're going to be back from Vegas on Destination Everywhere because there's always so much to do. We love it. It's a great place to take clients. It's a great place to take your family. So definitely put it on your bucket list. Without a doubt.
1: So, you know, that said, you know, this concludes our episode of Las Vegas. You know, we definitely want to thank James for his insight. And, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to getting back and seeing what, you know, Vegas is changing endlessly. Every time I go, it's a little different. So if we've talked about something on this, you know, I'm sure probably in a week or two, there's going to be a different show, a different club, a different restaurant, but it's definitely a nonstop evolving, wonderful 24 hour experience. So get out there. I'd like to thank our team. I'd like to thank Chris Jordan, who is our copywriter, Guy Quadlebaum, our content developer, Annie Fernandez, creative director, and of course, the amazing Lauren Campbell, our podcast producer. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. And we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of Destination Everywhere.
0: You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit Destination-Everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.